Do you want to make more Dynasty trades? Sure, we all do. Tune in once a week to the Trade Addicts podcast and see how easy it is to train to be a great Dynasty trader. At Trade Addicts Pod, thousands of men and women have prepared to win championships without sacrificing value. And now, from your phone, car, or computer, you can learn to increase your team's Dynasty value. Many topics such as keep trade buy, make amends, and trade addicts trades will get you ready to make your own trades. So make the important call right now and check out the Trade Addicts podcast. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yeah, welcome to the DLF Dynasty podcast. I'm Dan, that's Ryan. Over there is Matt, and we are coming at you with episode 589 of the show. Lots to get to on this week's episode of the DLF Dynasty podcast, including talking about some disappointing starts to the season, including some pretty big names in your starting lineup as a dynasty manager. We're also doing a really fun rookie and sophomore draft as a a way to talk about a lot of young players that we're building around. Uh, so we'll get that late to that later on in the show. But first, we got to bring in the fellas, Ryan. Week five, it's uh, just about in the books. We're recording on Sunday night, pre-Sunday night football. How's it going, bud? Yeah, going well. Another good week. Another uh, exciting week of football. And man, I just can't believe we're five weeks in already. Yeah, the regular season is a third of the way over. A little over a third of the way. That's uh, that's crazy. All the anticipation, Matt, and now we're just we're just blowing through the season. Yeah, we really are. It's like we're. I mean, it feels like I'm back in the in the in the routine of of the season. You know, we watch football all day, and then we record a show. Uh, it's starting to feel like like this is the normal, right? <laughs> Today was uh, kind of ugly, though, in a lot of regards from a fantasy standpoint. This episode of the DLF Dynasty podcast is brought to you by our friends over at League Tycoon. If you haven't uh, checked out League Tycoon, guys, you got to do it. If you've, if you've ever played in a contract dynasty league or have ever thought about joining one, but were worried that it might be too much work, then you want to check out League Tycoon like now. They, uh, they've really perfected the platform for fantasy football salary cap and contract leagues. I can vouch for that. I love my League Tycoon app. In fact, this week got a win over our guy King Jersey Duck. So shout out to you, bud. Snooks took you down. Uh, looking forward to seeing you in the playoffs, bud. Um, uh, these leagues are super easy to set up and they offer a ton of configuration and management options. League Tycoon's mobile app makes managing your team really easy. In fact, their mobile app may be the best fantasy mobile app in the industry. Industry. It's feature-rich, easy to navigate, and doesn't have a lot of distracting features to take away from the pure fantasy football experience. So go to LeagueTycoon.com to get more information and download the app. And if you use the promo code DLF when creating a league, you're going to get that first year on us. Let's hit the startup, guys. The startup. There are so many different ways to go on the startup. Brees Hall is back to his superhuman self. We'll skip that. Hold that for later. Let's talk about the guys who came back, right? It was Cooper Cup, eight catches, 118 yards on 12 targets. And Jonathan Taylor on the other end of the spectrum, he just get his feet wet, I guess. Just six carries for 18 yards. 
caught one for 16. So some veterans that I'm sure most dynasty managers plugged right into their lineup. Matt, let's start with Cooper Cup. He he looked like his regular self. That hamstring wasn't slowing him down, at least through one game. We'll see how he feels through the week this week. He started off so hot, like five catches, at least five targets on that first drive. Looked like he was going to have an epic day, but still went over 100 on 12 targets. Meanwhile, it did not affect Pukum Nakua all that much. He got 11 targets himself, including, including scoring a touchdown, seven catches for 71 yards and that score. But Cup, he's one of your boys. You got him all over the place. You start him everywhere. I'm sure most dynasty managers have. This is a really good sign for what's to come for Cooper Cup managers. Yeah, and we talked about it that these two are going to be able to coexist. You know, uh, I think it was uh, prior to this week, Puka was running 70 plus percent of his routes from the outside. And we know Cup has that slot role locked down when he is uh, healthy and on the field. And he was and he was back looking like his old self, like you said. And it's really exciting uh, for this offense for fantasy. Honestly, it reminds me a little bit of Miami from a passing game standpoint, where all of the targets are going to be funneled to these top two guys. So we know um, we know who's going to be scoring the points every week. Puka, excuse me, uh, Tutu Atwell did get in the end zone today, but only two uh, catches for nine yards uh, to go with that. Um, so it really feels like these two are going to be the the masters of this offense, so to speak. And, you know, maybe with both of these guys on the field, Kyron Williams takes a little bit of a backseat as well, at least in the passing game. Yeah, he did take a, by, a backseat, just the two catches for four yards in the game on Sunday. And game script probably took the ball out of his hands on the ground sure. with 13 carries for 53 yards. We'll see if that game script continues. The Rams are a lot more competitive than a lot of dynasty managers probably expected. They have games coming up against the Cardinals, Steelers, and then at the Cowboys and at the Packers over the next month. Uh, those card that Cardinals matchup and even the Steelers matchup might uh, might bring some fantasy points for for really all those guys on the other end of the spectrum. Ryan, it was Jonathan Taylor. Like I said before, he was getting his feet wet. That that Colts uh, coaching staff wasn't going to put a lot on his plate right after signing that new contract, just after um, getting on the field for the first time in, in quite a while. Zach Moss handled the ball 25 times in the game, 23 carries for 165 yards, and those two rushing touchdowns also caught two for 30 yards. Moss was an RB1, maybe even maybe even the RB1 in the week. I haven't looked. Back two overall. And uh, Jonathan Taylor was, was in the back seat. So we'll see how this works moving forward, but I, I'm guessing better days are coming real quick here for Jonathan Taylor managers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't think this is uh... – you know, this is not a a reason to be concerned. We really, this was pretty easy to see it coming as far as um, Taylor being slow to uh, be introduced to the offense, reintroduced. I mean, we even saw it with uh, a guy like Josh Jacobs who held out uh, the entire preseason and, uh, and then had a, had a really rough first couple of weeks. So, um, you know, maybe the next couple of weeks uh, could still be slow for JT, but I mean, this is this is not any kind of backfield controversy or or anything like that. We'll we'll see JT ready to roll um, here in the next couple of weeks or so. I mean, it it, it is you know it, it's a good sign that the the backfield in general, even though it was Moss and not Taylor, was able to get this kind of production. I mean, we saw Richardson go out of the game. They're playing the Titans, who are one of the the league's best run defenses. So. Honestly, even Moss's production in this game feels like a a, a positive uh, as far as things to come for Jonathan Taylor. 
Yeah, I, I was I was pleasantly surprised with uh, one particular run that Taylor had where you could see he was clearly the more dynamic runner. He had the yeah. one cutback. It was only like a five-yard run, but um, a run to the right where he cut back up the middle that, that only a handful of running backs make that carp that cut that sharply and Taylor's one of those guys. So it's coming as far as that, that contract in general, Matt, how do you feel about Taylor's value in the long term now that he's locked into this Indianapolis offense with a, a dynamic quarterback and Anthony Richardson and some weapons on, on that uh, across that offense and an offensive line that seems to be improving. That feels like maybe Taylor can regain some of the value that he's lost. Yeah, I think so. I think I still have the same concerns uh, from just from a, like a structure standpoint. Like I just don't, I just don't see him getting a ton of receptions. You know, not that he was a huge reception guy before this season, but with uh, with a mobile quarterback there, um, it seems like that's going to get probably get worse. We've seen, um, we saw uh, Zach Zach Moss last week catch four passes, uh, t- three targets, two catches the week before that. So that's probably in line with what we're going to see. We're going to see probably two to four targets a week, you know, um, from him. But, you know, if this offense is as good as it, it looks that from a running game standpoint, and, and if we're, we, we still believe that Jonathan Taylor is, is, you know, significantly more talented than Zach Moss, then it might not matter. We, we might get one of these Derrick Henry type years where uh, it doesn't necessarily matter that he's not catching a ton of passes. So that's the thing that we have to look forward to. I do think he's going to be kind of touchdown dependent, and you worry about that as well with Richardson on the goal line. Um, but I mean, this is good news to see him back out there and to get him that contract and get him the st- stability to continue playing with that organization. So good, good things all around. Same concerns are still there though. Maybe good news for the, that we really were looking for just a couple of catches a game, right. With mm-hmm. a guy like Taylor, we're not looking for, he's not going to be one of those guys that catch six, seven, eight balls, but when he catches two or three, kind of like Derek Henry, if he can catch that screen pass and turn it into a 20 yard game, catch two or three touchdowns in a season, make big plays off of them. That's really all we're looking for. Maybe the best news is what it might have done for the running back position. Maybe maybe this unlocks some further yes. contracts for some of these other younger backs. We're going to see Brees Hall and, and that class and, and uh, some of these other younger backs go through this and perhaps they, they get that second contract and we can get back to the point where elite running backs can be elite until they're 27 or 28 instead of 26. Like it's been recently. We got a lot to cover on the show guys. So let's get to the next segment. Cash stash or future trash. Yeah, we're going to, let's talk about some players that have had disappointing starts to the season guys that we've been potentially counting on in our starting lineups early on, maybe expecting a breakout and it just hasn't quite happened. Try to gauge how much trust we have for these guys moving forward and we'll go position by position here i think at quarterback let's start with trevor lawrence guys he's he's not exactly uh put up the numbers that we've we've expected coming into uh his his this season just one finish uh in the in the top 12 quarterbacks so far on the season so far quarterback 19 entering week five we'll see how the rest of the rest of the season or rest of the slate uh, kind of plays out, but just 16 fantasy, 16.7 fantasy points on Sunday morning against a tough Bills defense, Ryan. And Trevor Lawrence is a guy that we expected to be a, the quarterback six or quarterback seven, not the quarterback 19. And it's it's been five weeks now where he's settled into a, a 
teens type finish. It seems every single week with, with one a little higher than that and one way down there at quarterback 30 in week two. We should be looking at more than 15 points a week from a guy like Trevor Lawrence, and we just can't count on him for that right now. Yeah, we haven't been able to yet this season. One of the, um, you know, one of the surprises of the year is, is is how slowly he started. Because you're right, um, he, he was being valued as that top six or seven quarterback in dynasty, and and a player that um, I think a lot of people really looked at as he's going to take that leap this year. He's going to be up in the Burrow Herbert. Uh, conversation and he's kind of gone the other way. Um, I, I don't really know what it is. I, I can't explain it. Uh, you, you know, the, he, they've got the weapons there, obviously. Uh, Kirk, ETN playing well. Uh, really, Calvin Ridley's kind of followed the same path where, of course, he had the, the big week one and then has been uh, mostly quiet since then. I mean, to me, Lawrence has almost everything kind of going for him or in his corner, of course, still very young. I already mentioned the weapons. If we're categorizing here cash stash or future trash, uh, I'm I'm still putting Lawrence in that cash category. Yeah, it really feels that way. He has another matchup with that Colts defense where he scored nearly 18 points in week one, finished as the quarterback eight. That's on the horizon next week, so we'll see if we can get on track with all those weapons. How about Dak Prescott, Matt? He, quarterback 22 on the season, entering week five. Of course, we haven't seen him play yet this week, but his best finish on the year, quarterback 17 back in week two. Another guy that's just putting up like fringe quarterback one numbers, maybe maybe mid-quarterback two numbers every single week, and turning the ball over seems like more of a game manager this year. Uh, it doesn't feel good clicking his name every single week right now, even in super flex leagues. No, no, definitely not. And we, you know, we, we heard this straight from McCarthy that they wanted to play more defense to score less points. Right. So that's, uh, they're not necessarily scoring less points or playing better defense. And, you know, we have to look that he's had kind of a weird, four game stretch you know outside of the Cardinals game they haven't really been in a competitive game they beat the Giants 40 to nothing in week one then they blew out the Jets 30 to 10 in week two and then last week the Patriots 38 to three so the only game that they really had any like kind of competition was against the Cardinals and in in, uh, in in week three right so it's a little bit different a little bit weird from that perspective but I just don't think he's going to be you know an elite fantasy option in this offense regardless they're, they're, they're winning how they want to win with with Tony Pollard in the running game and with that defense so far, you know, when they have some bigger tests, you know, when we when we see what happens with the, the 49ers tonight, they're probably going to have to throw a little bit more. I would assume they're going to play the Chargers next week, which is a high powered offense. They've got the Rams and Cow- excuse me, the Rams and Eagles after that. So the the, the tougher matchups are coming up on the schedule. Um, so we're going to see how he produces there. But right now, I just I, I, I just want to keep dropping him down my rankings for uh, more exciting players, whether it's C.J. Stroud. You know, Anthony Richards certainly ahead of him, too, is certainly ahead of him. So he's just kind of settling in this kind of Kirk Cousins-ish range, um, whereas previously we had him as one of those top 10 kind of guys, and he's just not there for me right now. If we're going to talk about disappointing quarterbacks. That's that in Superflex, he's still a stash, right? Yeah, yeah, you got to you gotta probably call him a stash. In in single quarterback, though, we might we might be in the future trash category right now. Uh, if you're going to talk about super flex quarterbacks, we got to bring in Mac Jones over the last couple weeks, depending on your league settings, he might not have scored positive points in the last two weeks. And that is, you know, it's tough matchups, all those things, 
that's pretty sad. He's not on the fantasy radar on the startable list of quarterbacks at this point, Ryan, because of these last two games. And we're, you know, it, it says he's quarterback 21 on the season, but you're, nobody's <laughs> starting him next week, right? Uh, no, the, the Patriots might not start him next week. Uh, um, we're looking at, you know, back-to-back games now that Mac Jones has been, um, has been replaced and, and pulled for, um, for Zappy. We saw that happen last year as well. And, uh, you know, I think everybody thought once they got the offensive coordinator and, and those things changed, then, uh, then everything would be great with Mac Jones. And that's certainly not the case. I mean, we're hearing, you know, we're already hearing from Patriots fans that Mac Jones needs to go. He's not the answer that even Bill Belichick needs to go. So it's, it's a uh, rough times in new England. And, you know, even if, even if he somehow got it turned around, the, the supporting cast there is, is just so, so bad. So the ceiling I feel like is, is very low for Mac Jones. I'm glad you didn't ask me to categorize Dak Prescott. I didn't even know what I wanted to say. This one's easy. Mac <laughs> Jones is trash. Yeah. We're, we're at that point, no matter what your league settings are, he's going to be on a roster, but it's, it's really roster clogger status at this point, unless things turn around sharply. Let's move to the running back position and start things off with really one of the biggest disappointments in fantasy this year. I, I would have to say so, at least. It's Antonio Gibson, and I know the the expectations weren't super high, but he was kind of in that range where you felt like, oh, maybe I can get flex production out of Antonio Gibson, particularly if game script is in my favor. He should kept catch some passes. But even Thursday night, Matt, we saw that Brian Robinson, was on the field in a lot of passing situations. That means Antonio Gibson isn't. Maybe for good reason. Gibson dropped a couple passes on Thursday night in big spots. Could have picked up first downs on third downs. Ended up scoring about 10 PPR points and you know might have even finished as an RB2 and as a late end RB2. But no, no dynasty manager has any confidence in Antonio Gibson having any value moving forward at this point after week five. Yeah, I'm going to disagree a little bit in terms of the expectations because there was a for most of the offseason, especially in underdog drafts, Gibson was was going ahead of Robinson. I mean, I think Robinson did catch up and surpass him towards the end, especially in August. Um, but but before that, he was the expectation that he was going to be the more valuable fantasy asset with the Eric B enemy coming over. We know he did very well with the screen game and it seemed like Gibson was, was set up perfect to be a beneficiary of that. And it just hasn't really materialized, whether it's, you know, Robinson just being so good or, or, or Gibson and just not getting the opportunities. But, um, I don't know, this is a tough one. You would think he has all the athletic ability of the world. He can catch passes and they're just not using him. Um, they're still not using him even with this, this new offensive coordinator. Right. So it doesn't seem like he is going to recover this value on this team. You know, maybe, maybe another team will figure out how to use him, but I don't think it's happening for Washington at this point. So he's got to be, I think, future trash at this point. It's really difficult to, to, to call any running back a future trash, any running back that gets on the field because he's, you know, he's always one injury away from, from having that role. I I think if Robinson goes down, Gibson probably plays 50, 60% of the snaps uh, or at least closer to 50%. And maybe he gets more carries, but I see where, why you landed where you did RB 58 entering week five. Maybe that moves up slightly and he's right around RB 50, RB 48 after this week. But 
it's it's ugly in Washington when Gibson's on the field. And I, I wouldn't blame Washington a bit for giving Robinson more opportunities in the passing game after what we've seen through five weeks. I was going to say, Dan, it might, it might, it might not, it might not change even if Robinson gets hurt, right? Because they drafted uh, was it Chris Rodriguez, who's basically a Brian Robinson clone. So if if that if that's right. the case and they like yeah. him, then maybe Gibson's role stays the same even if Robinson does get hurt. Ryan Devontae Williams, RB thirty three, entering Week Five. Of course, we know he did not play uh, in that football game against the Jets. The the Broncos running back dealing with some injuries, of course, was dealing with injuries throughout the off season. There were questions about how effective he could be, particularly early in the season. That was a pretty serious knee injury that he suffered a week ago. And now we've seen him, I would say maybe sluggish would be a good way to describe his first four games. Um, Even before he was injured, injured in week four, he, he didn't look all that sharp on those couple drives. Samaje Pirine and Jaleel McLaughlin, the rookie, uh, took over in week five. And McLaughlin looks electrifying in that offense. On, on Sunday against the Jets, he got nine carries, ran for 68 yards, also added a, a beautiful touchdown on a screen pass, yeah. a, a, a ball that a lot of running backs don't catch, caught three for 21 and that score. I was surprised late in the game that it was a little more Pirine catching the ball because McLaughlin looks, looks like he could be a weapon. Getting back to Javante, though, it's hard to it's hard to see that uh, Denver coaching staff handing him a sixty percent role moving forward, considering how all three of these backs have looked to this point. If you have Javante on a dynasty roster, you have to be concerned about the both long term and short term expectations moving forward. Yeah, I'm definitely concerned about the short term, uh, not only because of the injury he's dealing with, the injury that he was recovering from last year, and and you're totally right. I mean, he's he's pretty clearly not back to what he was pre uh, pre knee injury. Um, but I mean, you make a good point with, with McLaughlin's play, both last week uh, had the touchdown as well. Actually, I believe had two touchdowns maybe last week and then scored mm-hmm. again uh, in week five. So, you know, we might be looking at a, a, a three-way split backfield here. Um, all of these guys are earning their touches in different ways. And uh, yeah, it's going to be tough to, insert uh, Javante Williams into your lineup, even when healthy, you look at his uh, fantasy finishes, those, even those first three weeks, RB 27 was his best uh, fantasy rank. So you're, you're talking about, of course, uh, RB three range or, or a flex guy. That's, that's kind of the upside right now with Williams. And of course that was before McLaughlin really became part of that backfield. It's, it's, he hasn't reached 10 points in PPR leagues yet this year. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's not what we signed up with Javante. He's he's had a, a pretty pretty lackluster first two and a half seasons in the NFL, and a lot of it is injury-related. We wish we could see him on the field. Meanwhile, that Denver coaching staff really has some decisions to make because it feels like McLaughlin is the most dynamic runner in that offense right now and and maybe pass catcher out of the backfield, even with Pirine there as well. And then out wide, it seems like Marvin Mims might be the most dynamic pass catcher and the most electrifying player. Yet these guys are, are playing second fiddle to the veterans. There were some rumors that maybe we could see a Jerry Judy trade. Maybe Cortland Sutton will be on the trade block. Maybe some of these other players as well, even on the defense and maybe they'll clean house, but uh, it seems like these young guys need to get on the field in Denver. Let's get through these wide receivers here quickly. And it starts with Jerry Judy. 
Ryan, I'm going to throw this one back to you uh, again. His best finish so far, right, right around the back end, RB two, maybe <laughs> if he holds on after after uh, 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 this week's scoring. Um, he had an RB, or excuse me, a wide receiver thirty two game back in week two. They're just what's up? What's up with these these Broncos? Because it's it's not good. No, it's not. I mean, they're. Well, they're spreading the ball around, right? I mean, the running game has been kind of the highlight. Both Sutton and Judy have been relatively disappointing. Um, like you said, Mims has really been the exciting play, but he's he's not even on the field the majority of the time. So, um, it, again, it's tough to use these guys in your lineup. And whether it's injury or just this inconsistent play, we just keep seeing the same thing over and over from Jerry Judy. And, you know, at some point you – you just feel like you have to move on or, or just kind of call him what, he, what he is. Uh, I mean, and he's definitely not in that roster clogger category, but um, you don't look at Jerry Judy right now, you know, several years into his career and, and think he's ever going to be a wide receiver one. Like he's never going to be a top 15 dynasty wide receiver. I, I just can't see him climbing uh, the, the ranks like that or, or producing in that way. Yeah, it really doesn't feel that way, and that that makes him makes him a frustrating player to manage on your roster at this point. Matt, you put this part of the agenda together, and you threw a name on here that that might surprise some dynasty managers, but I think is worthy of talking about. It's Chris Olave. He's wide receiver twenty seven, entering week five. Thankfully, he catches the touchdown in that Saints win against the Patriots to get him to nine point two PPR fantasy points. That's like back-end wide receiver three, probably wide receiver four numbers coming off that one catch for four yards game a week ago. So Olave, a guy you pencil in as as 15 points every single week, a guy you want to in like a top 15 scorer is what we expect. But it hasn't quite come to fruition this year with Derek Carr under center. Are you worried about Olave moving forward? I'm worried about him from a from like a, like an ADP value kind of standpoint. Cause I mean, even in the rankings, I think I have him at wide receiver five, something like maybe wide receiver six, something like that. And he's certainly not performing up to those expectations. We thought we were going to get some kind of incremental uh, boost with, with car in town over, over the guys they were starting last year, like Andy Dalton. Right. But that hasn't really come to fruition. I know he's had the AC joint injury and Olave himself, I think had some kind of ankle thing, right. That was, um, was bothering him. So maybe it's just all that stuff, but we've only had one wide receiver, one performance so far, one wide receiver, two performance, a wide receiver three, and then probably looks like two that aren't even worth talking about. Right. Um, with last week and, and then this week. So, you know, he's just not, he's not a fantasy wide receiver one right now. So we probably have to readjust our, our rankings. The problem is when you go to go to dynasty, um, what well, you, you go to the rankings, you go to the ADP and there's, you know, it's just not uh, like like who do you put a, put above him, right? Like we we could, with a few guys, I think we can get above him. Um, whether it, we're talking about like like I don't know, like you can put Tyree Kill above him, even though like obviously he's he's incredible, but he's twenty nine. Um, Devontae Smith can probably get maybe get ahead of him, but he had a bit of a stinker today. So it's just tough with these younger wide receivers that have shown so much potential. So when they have these down weeks, it makes them question them a little bit, especially when we've had, uh, you know, four in a row or so with a guy like Olave. But um, I think we still like him. We just maybe don't like him as wide receiver five overall in Dynasty. Mm, but cash. He's cash. Let's 
He's cash. Let's be he's real. Definitely that guy cash. can get open. He's definitely cash. You're not, you're not not starting Chris Olave. Gosh, he's so good. I, I wish he could play with a really good quarterback, but that's just not in the cards. <laughs> uh, Ryan, young receiver that we're excited about. We won on our roster, Jahan Dotson over there in Washington. Uh, but, yeah. man, he, he's, only <laughs> reached, he, he's only reached double digits once so far this year, and that took a late touchdown to do it. He's averaging 7.4 PPR points. Nobody can start Jahan Dotson moving forward. That Washington offense scored some points. Howell looked fine on Thursday in garbage time, at least, but it's not mm-hmm. spreading over to Dotson and really even McLaurin, who, who who struggles to put up, you know, fantasy starting worthy numbers here in 2023. Well, again, this is, I mean, this offense has undergone a lot of changes, of course. I mean, Eric Bieniemy being the, the biggest and the most obvious one, but you think back to what we saw last year where it was, it was basically McLaurin and Dotson and no one else. Uh, and now, you know, this year, Curtis Samuel is healthy, at least has been so far. Logan Thomas has been healthy for the most part. And now we have four, you know, reliable targets instead of two. So I, I think it might be that simple, but it's it's still a disappointment. I mean, uh, Jahan Dotson led this team in touchdowns as a rookie, and it, it feels like he's just not getting the same opportunities. And whether that's whether that's on him or that's part of the offensive design, we're not quite sure yet um, at his age. And based on what we saw as a rookie, he's, he, he's definitely in that stash category. Um, but you're right. You can't, you can't click the box uh, on a, you know, on Sunday morning with this guy right now. Well, plus if you're running the Washington commanders, you have to get Diami Brown, the ball, and Obviously. you got to get Byron Pringle a catch. <laughs> and you know, Jamison Crowder's got to get out there. We, we don't want this young, dynamic, energetic, fast wide receiver from Penn state on the field. When you got old man Crowder that only seven people knew was still in the league. Goodness. Let's get to our mock here. The DLF dynasty podcast mock draft. Yeah, we wanted to find a creative way to talk about a lot of young players that we're building our dynasty rosters around. So we're going to do a mock draft of just rookie and sophomore players. First and second year, guys, uh, we're going to assume PPR. We'll uh, we'll play this one as super flex to add some value to these quarterbacks. Um, and again, all these guys come out of the 2023 and 2022 class classes and uh it'll also give us a chance to compare the two classes and players against one another uh i drew the number one pick followed by matt then ryan we're going to try to get as many picks as we can in here and get a little analysis with each of them so let's kick things off with anthony richardson at the top if i was in a super flex draft Mm. draft i would i would take richardson over Bijan. he's going number one right i'm sold guys man he's He's so, you know, everybody, it feels like every fantasy analyst, even, even everybody in the, in the football world wants to find a comparison for Anthony Richardson. You hear all the Jalen Hurts stuff and you hear a little Josh Allen and and then Cam Newton is probably the most common one, right? He's just, he's a different animal than all of these guys. He, he has the, the running ability maybe of Cam Newton. I can see some of that. But his arm strength and then also his awareness, pocket presence, and then ability to put as much mustard on the football that he needs is incredible. I know he got banged up again on Sunday, and that's a concern, right? He he has gotten injured twice in four games and is missing time because of it. But before the injury, 
9 of 12 passing for 98 yards. He spread the ball out well. And then as a runner, he, he only ran a couple times for five yards. But, man, he's fun to watch. And I want to build every dynasty team with Anthony Richardson. I'll take the 15 years I expect to get from Richardson over the six to eight of Bijan every single time. Yeah. Yeah. That's... <laughs> I, Go ahead, well, I, I was – I guess I'm not surprised um, because I, I think the analysis makes sense. I think, you know, we, we talked so much after week, um, what was that? Two or three about the injury and should we be valuing Richardson this highly if, if he's going to be this, I don't want to, I don't want to say the P word, this susceptible to injury. Um, <laughs> and, and now, you know, now here we are just a couple weeks later and, and there's another issue. So um that's that's the only risk because when he's been on the field, he's been amazing. Everything Dan said is correct, and I agree with. And um, it, it, locked it, in for I like mean, top five yeah, fantasy points if, at the position. If he had played five straight these five straight weeks with no injuries at all, um, then we would be talking about him as a top three or four dynasty quarterback overall, not um, not where he falls in rookie rankings. Yeah, I, I just like I think you have to be injury agnostic. You know, I think we all are to to the, for the for the most part. But with for guys like this, that where the the ceiling is just so high, you know, he's just he's an asset on your roster, and when he's healthy, you put him in your lineup. Like that's that's how you have to handle guys like this. And uh, hopefully, the, we we saw that the X ray was negative. It looks like just an AC joint sprain, but it was to his throwing arm. So we saw that really affect Derek Carr. Um, last week, not as much as this week. He had some kind of like, I don't know, like pool noodle, noodle, like cut in half and put over his shoulder or something. Um, I don't think that's necessarily going to work out for Richardson, but Richardson does have the running. Um, so hopefully it won't be as bad if he does play. It's just going to be a taint pain tolerance thing. Um, I would have taken him to number one overall as well, uh, for no. what it's worth. So, uh, well, I didn't offer a trade then, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will take Bijan Robinson here. Uh, he's the running back 10 entering the week. He's getting all the volume. He's had one bad game in week three, I believe. He had a, like a six-point game, something like that. Um, um, but he's catching passes. He's doing all the things we want him to do. It's just the team is, you know, it's it's really good some weeks, and it's pretty average other weeks. So he's going to go along with, with the team. Um, but he's clearly the dynasty running back one still. Um, Maybe not from a production standpoint, but from a value standpoint, absolutely. And he can catch the ball with his hip. So that's a that's and he a can ball. catch the ball with his hip. But yeah. can Atlanta start using using him properly? Are we gonna deal with this forever with all the Could, dynamic playmakers? They they just don't use him right. He only got two targets in that game. I know. Ridiculous. Like, they like I understand you want on a on a go route though. We'll give Keith Smith the nine route and Bijan has to catch <laughs> check downs and make four guys and, miss. And make sure to throw to Johnu and you know all these guys. But Mac like, Collins, but yeah, you like get some targets. Why, down there. Matt Collins? Why? Why are we still like? I get it. You want to preserve Bijan? I I know, but like, like let's. And Algier is a fine player, but you know he's not Bijan. So you know maybe you'd win some more games if you played him. Algier got more carries got in this game than than Bijan, if if I remember correctly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he did. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Averaging a robust two point one yards per carry. <laughs> All right, I've got the 1.03, and I mean, there are certainly a lot of directions to go here. Um, I, I, though, to me, those were the obvious first two picks. 
Um, I'm going to go back to the quarterback position, I think, and take uh, CJ Stroud here. We've seen now four straight uh, weeks of high end production. And I honestly, I don't think we're, we've even seen the ceiling. He's right around 300 yards and two touchdowns every week uh, and finishing as a low end QB one, which I guess you could view as a positive or a negative. I see some, some meat on the bone there. And, and um, again, obviously young. And and as Dan said, we're looking at 10 plus years uh, of this guy being in the league and being a dynasty asset and, in the super flex format, I'll, I'll take that over the uh, exciting running back and receiver play that we're seeing from, from some of these young guys. Yeah. I like that pick. I had CJ Stroud as the third guy on my list. I kind of thought I was going to get him with the fourth pick. Um, hoping you would have gone with a wide receiver. I will take a wide receiver at the fourth pick. It's going to be Garrett Wilson and we got to ignore some of what's going on there. I know on, on Sunday against that Broncos, defense Wilson caught just three passes for 54 yards on the seven targets but man what could have been if we would have had Aaron Rodgers behind center throwing those back shoulder fades and and uh you know all those downfield targets for Garrett Wilson I think that's what we have to see when we see Garrett Wilson in the dynasty space I, I know dynasty managers are disappointed they're not getting those fantasy points it's not 24 point games and 30 point games from Garrett Wilson but that talent is still there it's very clear He's getting separation. He's wide open. He's making catches on, on balls that most receivers won't won't catch. And uh, so I think Wilson belongs right here, despite the slow start in fantasy production this season. Yeah, I agree. Um, he's right up there with the best of the receivers in this year's class, certainly. And the the situation sucks. We were going to see him really take off this year. Um. And Stroud, he, I, Stroud, man, I, 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 there were definitely at least one rookie draft, maybe two, where I took players like JSN and, and Gibbs above him. So that was clearly a mistake. Uh, so he's 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 really good. There was um, at five us, here. There was one of us banging the yeah. table for Stroud, and you guys wouldn't let me let me talk, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, man, there's I don't know about you guys, uh, uh, but I had nine players on my first tier. Um, I didn't break it down as much as maybe I could have with those top three, those guys, three guys at the top, but I have nine players in, in this top tier. So I could go any direction here. And man, I, I just want, I just want players in the Miami offense. So I'm going to take Devin A. Chain as the running back too, um, between these two classes. Um, I, I think there are certainly arguments for a couple of other players to go ahead of him. Um, but I just want, I just want a piece of, of what's going on there in Miami. And, and it seems like to me, like a chain has taken over three straight hundred yard games. Um, just he's everything that we thought he was going to be the outlier stuff. The weight stuff has not mattered, um, to this point, certainly could in the future. We're only five games into the season. Um, but it's even if, even if Wilson comes back, I feel like Wilson is going to be more of like a Raheem Mostert handcuffed and really truly involved in the offense as long as both Mostert and HA are healthy. So with his current role right now, I think he warrants being the running back two in this class. Yeah. And despite having similar carries once again in week five, A-Chain with 11 or E-Chan and Mostert with 10, it's clear that A-Chan gets the creative play calls, the opportunities to get to the edge a little bit more where Mostert's running between the tackles a little bit. There's value with all these guys, Mm -hmm. but you're right. A-Chan is a dynamic playmaker and a guy that, man, we, we might've missed out on that during draft season. We should have been pumping him up a little bit more. Ryan, you have the sixth pick. 
I just want to go back to the A-chan pick really quickly. I mean, he's certainly in this range. Um, but Matt, for you to take him over Brees Hall, who some consider the dynasty RB2, uh, you took him over Gibbs, who has been ranked as high highly as RB2 overall. Would A-chan be your RB2 in dynasty overall behind Bijan? Yeah, I think he's running back two right now. I think I think that next tier behind him includes those guys you mentioned, though. So you know, take your favorite flavor amongst those. But do you think there's a break between him and 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 Brees and Gibbs? No, I don't. I don't. Maybe Gibbs, but not Brees. Brees Brees is back. Yeah, Brees is back. Well, the tough one to rank, of course, is McCaffrey because obviously he he continues to produce at a very high level, but um, valuing him versus versus these these other two or three guys is is tricky would you say cmc is your what three oh, okay i believe i'd have to double check but i think he's three hmm. um we could do a whole show on it ryan we got to keep moving we really could <laughs> all right uh i'm gonna go to the wide receiver position as well and this is really just due to uh how I like to build my team. So I'm going to go Chris Olave. Uh, I still slightly prefer him to Garrett Wilson. Uh, so I'm glad he fell here. Yeah, that's a good spot for Olave. I would have taken him with the next pick if he hadn't, hadn't gone. Gosh, you guys backed me in a corner. I had a, I had a plan for the seven pick and now here I sit thinking, thinking twice. Um, I'm going to take Brees Hall. I don't usually, yep. usually do that, but what he did, on Sunday was, you know, there was the talk in the lead up. Of course, we we heard there's no uh, no no more snap count, all those kind of things, and they showed it. That Jets coaching staff let him carry it 22 times, 177 yards and a touchdown, including a 72 yarder. He caught three for thir- 17, finished as a high end RB one, and and looks like the the Brees Hall from last year. We talked about Javante Taylor in the first segment, guys, or excuse me, Javante Williams. And how he's been sluggish with coming off that knee injury. And it doesn't quite look like it's quite back. It's back with Brees Hall. That burst, there was another run on Sunday against the Broncos that looked like he could have gone the distance, barely got tripped up by the safety. He's he's a guy they need to get the ball to 20 times and a guy that we can't wait to click his name every week and are looking to build around for years to come. I'm, I'm so excited that they've decided to just unleash him. Dalvin, well, him, yes, unleash him, but cast Dalvin Cook off the side despite paying him. That's the sign of an organization that is 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 putting their best foot forward, right? Despite the the travesty that happened with with Aaron Rodgers. Um, I have three players left in this tier. I like them all pretty much about the same. So I'm just going to take the wide receiver. I'm going to take Puka Nakua here. Uh, obviously, we know everything he's done. Set the record for rookie re- receptions through his first four games has shown now that he can coexist with Cooper Cup in the right game environment. Um, so, I mean, I know, I know he's not, he doesn't have the draft capital of some of these other guys we're going to draft in the next few picks, but uh, I think he's shown that he belongs as uh, a top consideration in this class. Yeah, set the, uh, set the reception record for the first five games as well. He did that last week. So uh, oh, yep. whatever he did on yep. Sunday was bonus. Maybe maybe he's already good through six weeks well, or six games. We'll, <laughs> we'll have to check on that one. Um, yeah, Puka was my pick as well. You, you sniped me on that one, Matt. Um, 
I think I'm gonna go. I could I couldn't take Puka over Brees Hall. That's where I was when I yeah. said I had a plan yep. and thought, you know, I had to take Brees there, but Puka certainly belongs. Apparently it's a it's a clean sweep. All three of us would have picked him right here. Oh man, there's there's so many good players. It's it's funny because this, you know, the really 22 is. class is one that uh was overlooked and and underrated. We just wanted to get to 2023. We get to 2023 and we think it's uh it's suddenly bad and disappointing and and now here we are and we we love both of these classes. Um uh, and and through eight picks we have four of each, I believe. Is that right? I might be I yeah. might be bad. Uh, yep, you're right. Yeah, four of each four from each class. Yeah. Uh, right. I am going to take, uh, oh man. Uh, it's, it's five twenty threes. Puka's Puka and a chain Stroud, Bijan and Richardson. Oh, that mm, is true. Yep. Re- recency bias by us. Recency bias. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I really like these running backs. I just can't take them over this wide receiver that I also like. So I'm going to go with Jordan Addison here. Hmm. Yeah, Addison's a good pick right there. Uh, certainly in contention. I'm I'm gonna go to the tight end position. I gotta take Sam Laporta mm, here, guys. He's, he's dirty dog. He is so good. And they didn't even need him in the second half of the game, so they just didn't throw it to him on Sunday against that Carolina defense or quote unquote defense. Uh, 42 to 24 in that game. But two of those catches, two of his three catches go for touchdowns. Another long one at 30 plus yards. Just the four targets, but he is going to be a touchdown machine, like double digit touchdowns year in and year out. He seems like. Hey Dan, he has the he same. Here. He has the same amount of career touchdowns as uh, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> nice, <laughs> Matt. Uh, who you got at eleven? You can he's be- also in an offense that knows how to wow, use him. Wow, but- wow, wow, um, wow. Yeah, Laporta was definitely the pick here. I I considered it. Um, the last pick, but um, man, Brian's right. These just running. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to take the last player in this tier for me. And that's uh, Kenneth Walker. Um, who player is that is a player that I've not really been a big fan of throughout the draft pre-draft process throughout his NFL career, just based on the, the kind of player he is, but there's no doubt that he has doubled it, double touch, uh, multiple touchdown upside in every single game. Uh, you know, he has that backfield to himself. Uh, pretty much Charbonnet comes in and looks good, but he's really only picking up the pieces at the end of the game and coming in on passing downs, which is kind of what we um, expected. Um, but, you know, towards the end of the season, maybe that changes, but uh, right now it's Walker's world. Uh, so I'll take him here at the one, whatever pick it is. One eleven. Ryan, finish up. One eleven. Um, I will take, um, I'll take Jameer Gibbs here. This I don't know. That, that's a tough Ooh. one. Do we twist your arm? Uh, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> I, I should have taken Gibbs. I don't know why I didn't have him have him on my list of, for this exercise, but yeah. But, well, I think it's I think it's fine know. to value well, Walker over Gibbs good, at this point. It's fine to take Walker over Gibbs. In fact, I had him over Gibbs, and and I wouldn't okay. have taken Gibbs at thirteen with the next pick. Um, I, hmm. I just think we know what Gibbs is, and he's DeAndre Swift. He's going to get that role anyway. So um, let's move on to the 13th pick. I'll go back to the receiver position. I think Zay Flowers has jumped Jackson Smith and Jigba, so I'll take him right here. Matt, who you got at 14? Yeah, I feel like there's only 
one good player at this position left. So I'm going to take the quarterback. I'll take Bryce Young here, who certainly has not um, lived up to the preseason hype when he seemed like he was playing pretty well. I think the the lack of weapons has really caught up to him. Thielen is certainly doing, doing the best he can, uh, but he needs a true number one. Um, the size thing, you know, it didn't bother me in the pre-draft process, and I want to say it still doesn't, but there are certain plays where you see him just get thrown like by defenders like it seems like a rusher gets like a finger on him and he's able to and they're able to bring him down so you know maybe it is going to be more of a concern maybe it'll be better once the offensive line is better and he has better weapons around him Um, but right now I do think there are some concerns with Bryce showing and he's certainly the third uh, option amongst this year's class yeah, I think you were right. There was one good player left at that position. So I'm glad you left him for me. I'll take Brock Purdy yeah. here at the uh I had Purdy over there. Young too. <laughs> okay. Wow. I mean, Purdy's been um You're right. You're you're right. You're right. He's been he's you're been right. a QB one in three of the first four. He's got the best uh the best supporting cast um uh, in the league, really. So yeah, I feel I feel good about him at this valuation. Yeah, and consistency is what we strive for a lot of times. And Purdy feels like the guy when it comes to if you need 200 and two touchdowns, Purdy's going to get it for you. Uh, He mixes in a few rushing yards. I I like that. I had Purdy over Young as well and considered him at the 13 pick. I am going to take Jackson Smith and Jigbo. We got to see the forest through the trees on this one. We are looking forward to 2024. When we do this exercise, rookies and sophomores, a year from now, I am pretty confident he's going to be higher than the 16th pick. I feel I feel like I have to take Drake Leonard yeah. here, oh. so I'm going to do I it. Think that, um, but I'm not excited. I'm not excited about it. I thought that was the pretty clear pick, actually. Yeah, like it, it, the talent is obvious. The situation is bad. Ritter looked better today. Maybe it gets better. So that's what we're betting on here. Yeah, that means uh, that means you snipe me again, Matt. Um, man, that really might be the end of that tier. I will go with Christian Watson here, uh, probably just because I'm sniping Dan. Yeah, you are, <laughs> but I, I had Christian Watson over Drake London. I th- I think the amount of big games that London has had or that Watson has had and London has not have warrant that. Um, I'm going to stick with that position and maybe dig a little deeper than maybe your guys's list. I, I still, I think the, the, the sky's the limit for George Pickens. Mm. So I'm going to fit him in right here. That's how I had him ranked. I had him, I had him right there with London. So George Pickens is the pick here at the two Oh seven. Yeah, definitely in the same tier for me along with the Christian Watson pick. Um, but I'm going to, you thought you said you were going Digging deeper, oh Dan. I'm going to oh, dig no. a little deeper than that. Oh, no, gonna, no. It's time. You know it's time. Ryan, you ready, to, you guys you ready to make fun of him? You guys say it for me. Say it for me and it, then make fun of It's Tank Dell. <laughs> it is Tank Dell. Oh, that. I mean, we can't make fun of you because you were right. Um, and, you know, you look at the names that you're taking him ahead of and there's an argument. You know, at the very least, there's an argument uh, with, with all of them. So what yeah. I... What I really love about Dell is they're targeting him down the field, giving him the opportunity to have the one big play that saves your week while he's getting his feet wet as a possession receiver and an underneath to intermediate target, which he's getting as well. As CJ Stroud, who is picked third in this exercise, continues to gain confidence, it just feels like the combination of Tank Dell 
and Nico Collins, who we're going to hear from later in this draft, are his guys, right? And they're all young and they're building them their way up together. I love how the, the whole di- the whole team dynamic in Houston is going towards the the same thing. And despite the late loss and stuff on Sunday against Atlanta, Texans fans have to be thrilled about where they are, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. And the defense is what's going to get everybody says is going to get better with that coaching staff. And they're using him on the outside. Oh man, the size. it's beautiful. It's beautiful his usage. I I wish it was seven or eight targets instead of four or five. However, but they're just not in in the place to do that just yet. Yeah, got to believe, right, Matt? It's coming. That's he right. did get banged up on Sunday. Uh, looks like a concussion, yep. so yep. probably probably out next week. But um, obviously, long term. If, if he does, it'll be it. If he is out next week, it'll be the first game he's missed going all the way back through college. Wow. Uh, well, it feels like we've definitely hit a tear drop here. Uh, I'm going to take James Cook. Uh, kind of the... Sounded like a question. Uh, I think it's... The, I think he's my favorite of this running back uh, group of what's left. Barely. Yeah, he's 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 right there. He's the next guy on my list. That's a good pick. I'll, uh, I'm going to... It's super flex, so I'm going to take Sam Howell. I think he's shown enough to warrant a late second among rookies and sophomores. I love his moxie and his gunslinger attitude. They were down against the crappy bears and he was kind of fun to watch. I I think Howell has that job for the rest of the year and has a chance to hold it into next season for sure. I knew I was somehow forgetting somebody on my list and it was Sam Howell. I I don't know that I would have taken him any higher than, than this anyway, but um, yeah, I just overlooked him somehow. So solid pick there. The way you just talked about Sam Howell makes me think you're talking about Brett Favre, Dan. <laughs> He's hardly Brett Favre. <laughs> he is not Brett Favre. Um, <laughs> um, all right, next pick here at the two oh two eleven. I'm gonna take. Man, I'm gonna take. I don't really want any of these guys anymore. Oh, um, oh, I'm gonna go to running on. back. I, I'm gonna go to running. I'm just kidding. I'm gonna go to running back. I'll take James Cook, who's you know put up basically 100 yards every single game, still getting vultured Matt, a little bit. Matt at does the, not listen the to me. Zone. <laughs> That's an excellent analysis did you just take, for Ryan's. Did pick you just take James yes. Cook? <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know. I didn't cut across him off my list. That's that makes this pick even easier, uh, even easier than I'm gonna go to back to tight end and take Luke Musgrave. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, that's a good pick. I like that right there. Ryan, finish up round two, and then we got to burn through round three. All right. Uh, I guess um, I will get my tight end as well. I'll take Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, he belongs. They're they're really the same tier now. I could see many dynasty managers flip-flopping between the two. Uh, I, I prefer Musgrave slightly at this point. Can they start uh, using go- Kincaid down the field instead of like target him at one yard down the field? Yeah, that like would be it, nice. His A dot is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's there, there's too many good uh, players. Go running back. Let's do another round here. Yeah, let's go through it. I'm going to take Damian Pierce back. right here. Uh, the whole Houston dynamic again. I like it, and I like Damian Pierce going back to his Florida days. Matt, I will go with. Uh, I'm going to take man. I'm going to take Jaden Reed. Okay, Ryan. I will take Zach Charbonnet here. Oh, you got me with that one. That one hurts a little bit. Um, I'll stick with the running backs. Go with another young guy that we're waiting for. It's Ty J Spears, who looks real good. Mm. 
I feel like we're at the point where everybody's basically the same. Yeah, um, pick your guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope coming out of the this this player, this player, I hated him at first, and then I loved him, and now I kind of hate him again. But hopefully, coming out of the bye week, Quentin Johnston will be integrated into that offense, and we'll see him do something. Mighty fall for Quentin Johnston here. Absolutely, oh, yeah, big time. Um, I'll take. Rashad White here. Yeah, you got me again. He he needed to get picked. Um, I'm gonna go with a Packer here. I'm gonna go Romeo Dobbs. He seems to have the have the eye of Jordan Love, especially in the red zone. I think he can hold this value uh, moving forward. Matt got two picks left. I'm gonna take. You know what? We play this position like it's redraft. So I'm gonna take Kyron yeah. Williams. the The workload is undeniable at this point. Yeah. I- you might not get any points after 2023 out of Kyron Williams. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I don't disagree with that at all. I'll take Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, he belongs in this range. I'm going back to oh, this is my last pick. Dang it! There's I know I want like four more picks. Take, but I think <laughs> we got to do we got to put Kenny Pickett in this conversation. So no, no, we don't. He belongs here. Dan, I th- there's two players I regret you turn you like convinced like turning how I felt about them over. Number one is Kadarius Tony, and number two is Kenny Pickett. Both those guys, I was like, I'm out, and then you convince me, and I they're they are the two worst. Why don't you ever bring up the world. ones that I convince you about that go the right way, Matt? You oh, ever- I did. J- Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle was okay. all you for me. <laughs> all right, you you, you can you, that one worked out. Um, <laughs> uh geez, I'm gonna take. I'm going to take Marvin Mims. Oh, okay. Uh, I like that. My, he had, he what was it? Uh, was, was it like a 60-yard catch and then a 50-yard catch in the following week and like a 40-yard catch last week, and he still can't get more than two targets a game? I just I don't understand. He can't get more than 10 snaps a game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ryan, who's the last pick here? Number 36. Don't mess it up. <sighs> yeah, there's... There's like there's a boring one or a really exactly exactly that's one. that's what it is. Uh, I don't want the boring one. I'll take Josh Downs. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, take nice. take the more exciting one. There are a couple other exciting ones for some dynasty managers, including Jamison Williams and Nico Collins. I thought Collins belonged in the draft. He was the guy I was oh. considering instead of Pickett. There. Um, this. Oh, I forgot. Up. That was a mistake. I didn't even have him on my list. Yeah. Nico. Nico's a good player. Um, other names, Rashi Rice, Roshan Johnson, Kendra Miller, Jonathan Mingo could have been considered. Jake Ferguson, if you wanted another tight Ferguson. end in the, yep. in the list. Michael Wilson, Tyler Algier didn't get consideration from any of us. And then that boring one that I considered, Brian Robinson. <laughs> he, yeah, he could have been. He probably should have got picked. He should have got picked and, and looked good on Thursday. Brian Robinson was the boring one that I was considering. I did not have Nico Collins on my list because he's in his third year, Dan, not his second year. That's what I. Oh, thank you, thank you. Well, that's thank why you. nobody picked him. I nobody. felt really dumb for a second. <laughs> well, he <laughs> sucked as a rookie. So, <laughs> whoops, my bad on that one, everybody. Let's edit Dotson that and Burks. <laughs> you know, Dotson Burks didn't get taken. Dulcich. Wandale. Yeah, those guys didn't. There's a lot of names. Jerome Ford, Jalen Warren. Mingo. Yeah, Jalen Warren was on the list. Uh, okay. Good, good couple of classes, you guys. Yes. Good couple of classes. And again, we're going to do this in a year. And obviously, the only only the 23 guys are going to be in that. 
draft a year from now, but a lot of these guys could move up and, and a bunch of them will disappear. Um, so that'll be fun in a, a year from now. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.